I could just see myself on the in a little cottage on the rocky shores of Scotland sipping tea. And you know what? It's just that can easily feel like home for me. <laughs> I could go there tomorrow and just probably feel very home in that situation. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Let's just move there. I agree. I'm Let's ready. Go. Screw my house. Let's go. <laughs> I'm ready. You know, if we all went in three ways, we'd be just fine. We could get a mansion. Yes, we could do it. You know what? Leave leave the kids, leave the partners, the husband, whatever. Let's just go. Us three. I, I think that... Don't play games with me. Might, might be kind of fun. I'm ready. We, but we'll do it under the guise of a writer's retreat and then just never come back. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I like where this is going. Hey, hi, hello, Angelia here. And I'm Alexis. And this is Before the Prologue. Okay, Alexis, I'm excited. Are you excited? So excited. Are you excited that we are on our third podcast or are you excited that we have a very cool guest for our third podcast? All of the above. All of the above. I absolutely share your excitement because we have none other than debut author Angela Montoya in the house. Now, Alexis, just as a game show host would say, why don't you tell us a little bit about Angela Montoya? Angela Montoya lives in Northern California with her family. She's the granddaughter of celebrated activist and poet laureate Jose Montoya. When she isn't with her partner, two children, goats, chickens, and dogs, you can find Angela co-hosting of The Publishing Persuasion. Angela is also the debut author of Sinner's Isle, coming out this October 31st, 2023. Sinner's Isle is a spellbinding romantic fantasy about a powerful witch who will do anything to escape the remote island she's being held captive on, including blackmail a notorious charming pirate who washes up on shore. And oh my gosh, does that sound freaking amazing. Like seriously. Add it to the top of my TBR. I've actually already pre-ordered. Of course you did, because it's Angela Montoya. It's going to be amazing. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Honestly, anytime there's pirates, I'm like, yes, I need that. Give me that now. Give me that yesterday, because we don't have enough pirates. So I'm on board. Pun intended. <laughs> I see what you did there. And I like it. I like it a lot, because anything having to do with Angela Montoya, I will approve of. Every time. 10 out of 10. Yeah. She's like an autobot author already. Already. Yes. Yeah. Take all of my mon money. She can have it. So I guess without further ado, do we want to welcome our guest? Yes, let's welcome Angela Montoya. Hello. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, good. <laughs> um, well, you guys look great. I love the setup that you have. Very professional. A lot better than my uh, <laughs> mic from Target. <laughs> it works. You know, If it gets the job done, it's good. But you know what? It's all that matters. As long as you can hear me, we're happy. Yeah. I can hear you. Loud and clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, I already had most of this equipment because we record music. Um, both of us do separately. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's amazing. So you guys are both singers, I'm assuming? We are. We are. We're both singers oh married gosh. to Michaels. Oh, funny. <laughs> It makes sense. It makes sense. That's awesome. That's really cool. Well, it sounds like you two are the perfect combination then for a podcast. I think so. It's worked so far. Cue dancing <laughs> in the background. <laughs> uh, you know, I would rally my, ar my arms like that, but I didn't shave my pits. So we're going to spare the camera. <laughs> Girl, embrace it. Embrace the hair. I've thought about it, but 
Yeah. It just starts tickling at a certain point, you know? I tried to do that once when I tried my friend, we were overseas and she's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to shave my legs. Who cares? And she, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll not shave my legs too. She had cute little leg hairs. I, mine it was, there was nothing cute happening. It was very scary. I'm very hairy and <laughs> she could do it. I couldn't pull it off. I was like, you look great. Oh, I bet you could. I look like Sasquatch. It's a scary <laughs> Sasquatch. I can relate. My leg hair is <laughs> thick and black. It's very coarse and yeah. noticeable. Yeah, mine is yeah. too. I keep hoping <laughs> that I dye my hair purple so much, it's going to turn purple. And here we are. That's unfortunate. That would be fun, though. It would be. It would be. Maybe I'll bleach it and go for it one of these days. But today, we are here to talk about you. Welcome. We are so excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. I've been a big fan of you for about a year now. It's crazy that this year has passed so quickly, but... Time freaking flies. I am convinced time is just make-believe now. Yeah, time is, it, like, just makes no sense anymore. It just doesn't exist in, like, a... Not even that it's a post-COVID world, but, like, a post-lockdown world. It feels like time is irrelevant. Um, so a year doesn't even feel like a year anymore, uh, but today, today I'm doing very well. Today I'm doing good. I was, I was, we, Melanie Schubert and I, who we have our podcast, um, we recorded last night and I was telling her I was kind of in this weird headspace um, this last few days, but always after speaking with her and like talking with community, I always feel so much lighter and yeah. better, but you know, sometimes it's hard being a mom in the United States, sending your kids out to school and just so much news is always, you know, bombarding you and um, and then dealing like debut stuff. Not that anything is happening, but it was just like this last little bit this last week. I was just kind of struggling um, just with just with everything, every little thing. And, and so I was having, a, I was having a, a poo poo day this last few days, but always like things like this just make everything better. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just having a chat with fellow writers and just kind of expressing yourself always makes things uh, just a breath of fresh air. So, um, so I'm doing well today. Well, good. Who knows how tomorrow will be, but um, <laughs> everything's good. So I'm happy to be on here with you girls. Yes. I love that. And we have, we're so lucky to have such a wonderful community surrounding us of people, people who understand what it's like to be in this emotional roller coaster of writing and can be with us in our piteous pits and with our celebrating moments too. So I'm so happy that you and Melanie have each other and you have all the other people in the community just rallying around you. Yeah, it's the only way, like, honestly, it's the only, not the only reason I would continue writing, obviously. I love writing, but having a community has made it so much more fun and rewarding. And I feel like I continue to want to write because I have this community you know, that would either come after me if I wasn't, if I, you know, <laughs> if I decided to stop, um, but also just to like BS with daily about books and, you know, the struggles that just, just life, but, but writers seem to have this special sort of something um, where we just all sort of get each other yeah. and, um, yeah. 
and it's a beautiful place to to be a part of. So can't beat it. You really can't. You really can't. Agree. Not that you need my agreement, but I agree. And it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, so as you know, our title is Before the Prologue. And so we really want to kind of go to your your past and everything that led you to this moment. But before we get into some like the heavier questions, I just wanted to stalk you a little bit. And I looked on your website and I saw that you grew up in Northern California. I did. Um, yeah, I, yes, I did. I um, grew up in a tiny town um, in Northern California. And, and when I, I think I was about 11 or 12, we moved to the Bay area, which is not far. It's like an hour and a half or two away from where I grew up, but vastly different. And so I went to junior high, high school in the Bay Area, and then moved to L.A. uh, for a few years, then moved to Hawaii, and then kind of traveled to different countries and then landed back basically in my hometown um, just because this is where most of my family is. And um, and it's I love it here so much. Like every time I go somewhere, I'm always happy to be be home, mostly just because I'm a homebody. So I guess anywhere home is, I'd be happy. Um, but yeah, I'm in Northern California and, and it's, I love it here. It's, it's just a peaceful place. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This is going to sound so cheesy or timeless, but I mean, the Wizard of Oz put it best when it was said, there's no place like home because there's truly no place like home, like coming back to where you started, coming back where your roots are. You know, even if those roots are not sometimes the best roots, there's just something about coming back to where you started. It's like there's a comfort there, like a childlike yes. security and comfort almost, if that makes sense. No, but it is like it feels that way because once I moved out of my hometown, it felt like we we moved so many times after that. And it, I always felt like I never knew where things were. Like even when I was driving, I was always you know, I, I never knew the back roads and all of those things, but coming back home, I was like, Oh, take, you know, take a left here. This, you can go down this road and it'll lead you around, you know, like those kind of weird things. I really value mostly maybe because I just like, I like to know my spaces. (laughs) Um, but it's something about it of like all those memories of, Oh, I remember going to the theater when it was a theater. Uh, now it's a church, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, but it is, it's like the security of knowing, you know, and having all of these memories and, and sometimes they're not good memories, but um, which I guess is something to like dive into as well. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I love a hometown. I don't know. I always thought now nah, never come back. Like I, I'm a city girl. Um, but my partner is a, like, he's, Oh, he's always grown up in the orchards and in the, and like on properties and with animals. And so here I am. I've, I'm back. There you are. (laughs) (laughs) See, I, I, I like that you mentioned good memories and the bad. Um, I feel like there's some people who their hometown is like that security blanket. But for me, I cringe every time I'm driving past Mm. it. You know, I don't, for me, it's like the further away from it I am, the better I feel. But I feel like this, where we live now, is going to become that for me. I can feel like if that. we were to ever move away, I think I would be sad, which is a really cool place to be because I didn't think I'd ever find that. 
Mm, I love that. That makes me happy to hear. Yeah, I love that for you. We, I'm kind of like in the in between. Like sometimes I enjoy going back, and then sometimes I'm like, oh, God, get me out of here. Um, but we live in a place now that is slowly starting to become home. But honestly, at any given moment, I could just see myself on the in a little cottage on the rocky shores of Scotland, sipping tea. And you know what? It's just that can easily feel like home for me. <laughs> I could go there tomorrow and just probably feel very home in that situation. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let's just move there. I agree. I'm Let's ready. Go. Screw my house. Let's go. I'm ready. You know, if we all went in three ways, we'd be just fun. We could get a mansion. Yes, we could do it. You know what? Leave leave the kids, leave the partners, the husband, whatever. Let's just go. Us three. I, I think that... Don't play games with me. Might, might be kind of fun. I'm ready. We, but we'll do it under the guise of a writer's retreat and then just never come back. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I like where this is going. Between my four kids, they would find a way to sneak in a suitcase and board the plane. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sometimes I wish I could just sneak into someone's suitcase and we'll see where they're going first. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Maybe vet the person a little bit and then sneak into their suitcase. (laughs) So since we're talking about home and what it's like to come back home, it's got me thinking what were you like as a kid? Oh, okay. That's a fun one. Um, it's a broad question. Yeah. I, uh, to be honest, it's maybe because it's a, like a disassociation, like trauma sort of thing, but I don't remember a lot of my childhood, um, which is funny. Cause I'm like, yes, bring, go back home, like home as the place I loved, but not necessarily like home life. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, as a child, as a, okay, here's what everybody's told me is I was, I was a bit of a crybaby. I always was, um, I was always in need of some sort of attention, always crying, always unhappy. Um, (laughs) so, so I was maybe a little annoying, but in my defense, I had two older brothers and they were, a every, they were very, um, attention seeking. So maybe I was just trying to find my way. Um, but then I kind of grew out of it and, uh, I always, my mom put me in cheer. So that kind of was like an outlet for me. I loved cheerleading. So like, I was so gung ho about it. And then I kind of like, like once I moved to the Bay, I didn't cheer as much. Then I started dancing. And so I always like, like to be like on stage and goofing off. And, um, I turned my like annoyingness into something where I could be out, uh, on stage any way I could. So I was kind of like, I was maybe moody, but also kind of like a wrecking ball where if there was something that I was excited about, I just went hard for it. And, um, and I just, I, I know I've always just been kind of a goofball and, um, and always trying to have fun. And so as a kid, I think I, I think that was like my main thing. We're always out and about, um, like terrorizing the neighbors. (laughs) I I, I think I maybe might've been a bad kid now that I think about it. A bit of a rabble rouser, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. And I was sneaky. I was always, I never got in trouble 
because I had so many siblings that I could make do things. Yeah. So, um, so the siblings always got in trouble and then I would be in the back like, oh my gosh, why would you guys throw rocks at cars? <laughs> um, and it was like my idea. So, uh, <laughs> so now that I think of it, maybe I was a troublemaker. It might've been a little bit of a jerk, uh, but always trying to have fun and, uh, yeah, just an angel basically is what I was. Yeah, that's the angel, the type of angel that we like, you know? Yes, yes, a little bit little bit of a fallen angel if you will. Uh <laughs> but but like always a storyteller in my own way. Um like even with dance, I would force my younger sisters to like put on plays for the neighborhood and like we would, you know, dance and and put on these shows and ask for money afterwards. And so, um, yeah, but we were always, always telling stories. My sisters hated it. Uh, <laughs> luckily they don't hate me, but yeah, I was always forcing them to, to dance and they're not dancers. <laughs> How many siblings do you have? So there's, there's six of us total. I have my two older brothers that are like full brothers and then two uh, stepsisters and then a half sister um, who's like the baby of the family and, um, and, and all, you know, so it was, it was chaos. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I lived in that chaos too. I have five brothers and one sister. So there's seven of us total. Yeah. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. And I was also the kid who was a good kid, but may have accidentally encouraged some rocks to be thrown. At the neighbor's house. But yeah. who's keeping track, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Those neighbors probably deserved it if, you know. <laughs> no, they were angels. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking as someone who's <laughs> taken a rock to the head, I will say. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, I I recovered. I healed. So, you know, not the worst thing that ever happened to someone. <laughs> Sorry to bring up the that. I apologize. I'm being triggered right now. No, it's totally fine. I was laughing as blood was pouring down my head. Oh my gosh! How old were you? Oh, I was 13, maybe. Oh, just a brave 13 year old. I would have been as dramatic as possible and asked an ambulance to come whisk me away to the closest hospital. When it's your fourth time fracturing your head, you kind of get used to the things, you know. Oh man. Oh, that's not funny. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing. Oh, it is. is. It's great. I I have a good giggle almost every time I think about it. Um, So you mentioned on your writer diaries that your family members are writers or you have some writers in your family. Yes, I do. Um, I need to, uh, I need to work on my website too. Cause I think I'm, I had every intention of like doing writer diaries and I think I did one, but, uh, that one was great. So I, you know, so thanks for reading it. Uh, it was <laughs> but yeah, my, um, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, my dad is a poet and my, uh, grandfather as well was a poet and, um, and a writer and my uncle is, uh, has a band and he writes his own music. And then another uncle is an actor and a writer and a playwright. And so um, it's, it was something that I always like valued growing up. I'd watch them 
uh, live in their element and like do poetry, like slams and uh, spoken word and and sing and all of these things. And my uncle, you know, has been in a few movies. And so it was always something I was so proud of uh, growing up. And um, particularly because uh, for my uncle, well, for all of them, they were um, activists in their own right. Um, you know, my grandfather, you know, was very close with C- Cesar Chavez and uh, was part of the marches uh, for the Farm Workers Rights Association. And um, and that carried all throughout all of my family members on the Montoya side. And so um, so activism has always played this big part in my life growing up. And, and I, you know, kind of laughed about it, like, well, here I am, you know, writing young adult (laughs) fantasy romance. And, and my uncle was like, that's still a form of activism, you writing, you, you merely writing and having Hispanic Latin inspired characters on the cover is activism. Yes. And um, you know, and it it really brought it home to me and and my uncle <laughs> I remember when I first started writing I was like, "Hey, do you know anybody? Do you know agents? Do you know someone that will like my book?" And he's like, "I do, but that's on you have to you have to earn your way." Wow. And um and it was a pivotal thing for me and and every step of the way he was always checking in and like, "Okay, what's what's going on now? How are you?" And, and pretty much all of my uncles and my aunt on that side of the family, like, were really, really, like, gung-ho, like, keep writing. Keep whatever you've got to say, keep going. And um, and I just remember my uncle, because especially, I think, in maybe in Hispanic culture, like, the men of the family, maybe just any, any culture, but the men of the family are always placed on this mantle. And like their, what they do in life, their, you know, whatever it is, always gets played in this big role of, you know, and we celebrate them. And, um, and we did that so much in my family, um, you know, because my grandfather, you know, had all these accolades, but my grandmother did too. And, you know, they were doing things, but, you know, doing things in their own way, because culturally she was still you know, playing a part in the, in home life and and always did. Um, But my uncle was like, you know, we've had enough of the Montoya men, like getting the credit and getting the praise. It's time for the, the women of the family to get it. And so I love, he, he's always been so proud. And anytime I post anything, he posts it on his like Facebook page. That's precious. You know, and so it's really yeah, it is. It's really special. And so I honor them any way I can um, because I'm proud. I'm proud of my heritage and and all the things that they've done. And I'm proud to continue that on in my own way. But it's still it it's still valuable. And um, so, yeah, family of writers. <laughs> I think that's so beautiful that he's been supportive in that way and you know, letting it be your thing and giving you the, the opportunity to pursue it without, you know, any type of leg up or hand, but then yes, still speaking so much truth and encouragement over you. That's beautiful. 
yeah, it's, it was really special. Thank you. Do you feel like that was something that influenced you as a kid or in your teenage years, or was it something that really hit home more in your adult years? I feel like I was always influenced by what my family was up to, um, mostly because I was just so proud. Like, right. yeah, uh, uh, just anything, uh, in particular, one of my uncles, uh, Richard, anything he would do, because it would, you know, he was like an Encino man when I was growing up. And so I would tell everybody, have you seen Encino Man? They're like, yeah. I'm like, you know that guy from the bar scene? That's my uncle. Like everything he did. I'm like, did you see Nacho Libre? You know the priest? That's my uncle. Like all of these things I'd be like so braggy about. But I it played it a role because I was just like so proud. Yeah. And um, and so yeah, I it carried on from childhood on to now. I still, I still brag about. <laughs> and grandpa and my dad, you know, all of them. I still completely brag. And yeah, it influences a lot of the stuff I do to this day. You seem like someone who is just quick to celebrate the success of others. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it's yes. I'm sorry. I was like fumbling with my words. It feels like sometimes when you're like having a shitty day, you're like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I'm not in the mood to be like, whatever. So on those days, I don't even really go on social media that often because I don't want to like skip out on reposting someone's good news or being excited for somebody because it's something I'm going through, if that makes sense. So when, um, when I feel like shitty, I'm just like, okay, I'm not, not yet. Let me come back when like my headspace is better. And then I'm like, I'm so ready to celebrate everyone's wins. Um, a lot of it is because you, not that I'm that far in my writing career, but I've had so many down times, but I've had so many wins as well that like, I know that feeling and it's the best feeling uh, like to, you know, to get somebody, a, you know, good feedback from beta reader or uh, sign with an agent or sell your book or whatever it is. I remember those feelings and I, I want to celebrate and like boost them any way I can, because I, I, I remember how good it feels to have people celebrate with you. Um, you know, it's even like, like things like on your birthday, you know what I mean? When everybody's like, happy birthday, it's just one, one little thing, happy birthday. And it makes you feel so good and special, um, that I just want to always like try and let everybody feel that special moment. I love that. I think that that shines through and it feels, it always feels genuine. Yeah. It comes from a very genuine place. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I know me, I'm still a newbie writer. You know, I just started writing my first book, um, started seriously writing my first book. I mean, this time last year and, um, have been met with the most amazing supportive community, um, because of bookstagram and because of writers connecting on Twitter and Instagram and all the places. And, uh, they just, they're really good to celebrate with you. They're so good to celebrate. The small victories and the big victories, especially in the query trenches. I just got my first partial request about a month ago. And it was a small but big victory. And, you know, I, I told Bookstagram because I was so excited. And instantly I was met with just so much support. And my people, you know, my core people in Bookstagram just pushing me further and spurring me on. And it was just, just a mm. sweet place to be. No. And I, it's one of those things where also 
no one's really going to understand like these big moments or little moments more than writers, you know, because they're in that situation as well. And because um, I, you know, I still remember the <laughs> I um, I was in a, the mentorship pitch wars, uh, you know, rest in peace to pitch wars. But it was this amazing mentorship and it was really hard to get in. You know, like I think my year was 2020, something like thirty five hundred uh, writers, you know, submitted their manuscripts and like a hundred and I don't know, 40 got in or were chosen. Um, I'm, I'm flubbing those numbers, but it's some, <laughs> something in that. We'll fact check. Somewhere in that area. Yeah. Fact check later. Um, <laughs> but I remember like getting the, the email, like you've, you have been selected for pitch wars and I screamed and I ran upstairs and I pulled open the shower door. My partner was in the shower and I was like, I got into pitch wars. And he was like, what the hell is pitch wars? You know? And I was like, "Never mind." I shut the door, you know, but like, they won't get it. And they, you know, it's one of those things that who's going to get it more than other writers. So you've got to celebrate those times with your friends because the writer friends are the only ones that are going to truly, truly understand all the struggles that we're going through in the queer query trenches, query hell. <laughs> yes. Why is it not referred to as query hell more? <laughs> I I think that's such an interesting thing too, because even the people closest to us can only get a certain degree of it. Even the people that we're doing yeah. life with, if they haven't been in that writer journey with us, I still feel like they can still feel celebratory and, you know, feel happy for us. But I think that the depth of the excitement is just a little bit deeper when it's a fellow writer celebrating with you. And speaking of celebrating fellow writers, you have your debut novel, novel, <laughs> coming out in the fall, Sinner's Isle. That's exciting. Yes. It's yes. all about pirates and why fantasy and magic. And it sounds amazing. And I am so excited. And now I'm thinking, what kind of books were you drawn to as a kid? Like, did those books influence what you write now? Oh, I, um... That's a good question. I loved like goosebumps and scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, like those books I literally would sleep with. And uh, I loved just like the weird and dark and spooky and um, and like uh, what was the poetry? Like a light in the attic. Um, all of those just like like wonky, you know, Things like that that just spoke to my dark little soul. Um, those were the books that I <laughs> loved so much. And then YA came later. Um, I don't, you know, I don't even know if there was YA necessarily back when I was a kid, but YA like hit its stride, you know, like uh early 2000s, whatever it was. And and it was something my baby sister and I like bonded over. We read, you know, everything by Cassandra Clare and obviously the Twilight series, like all of those books, we'd read them. And then we'd go to like the midnight premieres. And, um, and it was such a fun time that we still are like bonded over, you know, those books and those memories of like waiting up till midnight and, you know, going out to eat before and people dressing up. And so um, I, I've always loved like goosebumps and all that, like I said, but also, but young adult novels really played such a huge role later on in life. But like 
but still, and that's why I, I still write and love young adult fantasy to this day. Yeah. I'm going to put myself in your shoes for a second. Does it feel like a full circle moment? Like I imagine it must feel like to know that, you know, I have two daughters and my oldest is a huge reader. She loves reading, especially anything with dragons, anything with magic. So for me, as a mom, it's really cool to hear you say this and know that your book is going to be one that my daughter is going to make memories with with her family. And I just think that's mm. so cool. And I hope that excites you too, because that's a huge accomplishment and a huge win. No, I started, I mean, I really was encouraged to write young adult when my daughter came home and she had the Hunger Games and, um, you know, she loved Katniss and I was looking, you know, and I was thinking of all the young adult heroines and a lot of them didn't look like my daughter who is, you know, brown skin, Mexican American girl. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to write something with her in mind. And I wrote something, you know, very YA of that time. And then, you know, Sinner's Isle came later, but she was like the catalyst, her coming home and being like, oh, Katniss Everdeen, I want to learn how to shoot a bow and arrow. That was what started this. And, you know, she's still a, she's a reader and, um, and it's really cool because she loves Nicola Yoon. Who, who's written everything, everything, and like the sun is also a star. And uh, she has her books in her room. And Nicola Yoon and her husband, David Yoon, are actually, they own the imprint. They started the imprint that bought my book. Wow. And so I was, yeah, so I was sitting there on Zoom with Nicola and David Yoon and my editor, Bria. And, you know, I was just looking at them like... <laughs> This is full circle for sure. You know, like my daughter who I started this for is a fan of your books. And I'm sitting here talking to you about my book. I I honestly, it was the most magical moment. And I just kept staring at like Nicola Yoon the whole time. And I was just like, wow, this is somehow this is happening. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know how I made it through that Zoom call, but now I now I see Nicola often on social media, and obviously she reads my books. Um, but every time I see her, I'm like, oh, there she is. <laughs> that makes me want to cry. I feel speechless. That's a huge life milestone that probably in the moment seems so small because it's just just a, just a little meeting, but not a little meeting, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I would have been able to actually listen. I would have just been like, oh my goodness, screaming in my head the whole time. Yeah, I don't I don't remember what I said <laughs> in the meeting, but it must have been fine because they, you know, bought the book. But like right. I have I do not remember. I do not remember. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we want to close off each episode by asking you if you were to title the book of your life what would it be? Oh, man. Um, okay. I would title it More Grace. Um, I have I have the, t- it's a tattoo. It just says More Grace on my hip. Um, I got it when I was like 18. And I, back then I was like, I went to church a lot and a lady came up to me and she was like, you know, uh, the Lord spoke to me and was like, for your life, I need you to remember 
to have great, like give yourself grace. And, um, I was like, okay, thanks. But, it, but once I left, you know, I, it sunk in and I was like, oh, that's good. Um, because there's so many times, so many things I've done in life that I'm like, what were you thinking? Why would you do this? I'm just so hard on myself about so many things, even if they're not bad things or whatever, I'm hard on myself about every conversation, everything I've done. And so to remind myself to give myself more grace um, is something I would like to title uh, my book just as a reminder to give myself and and my readers more grace, honestly. Um, like even in the writing world, like we're we're querying, we're on submission, we're on all these things, and we put this pressure on ourselves, like get it done. I I need to get this this this, but give yourself grace um, to feel all the things, all the bad things, all the good, um, just to live in every moment because when we try to like escape from the bad, we're going to miss out on the good. And, um, so more grace. Oh, I love that. I'm wiping a tear. (laughs) I'm emotional. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. That's a perfect title. I think a lot of us needed to hear that today. I couldn't agree more. I know I did. (laughs) Yeah. More grace. Thank you so much, Angela. It's been a pure joy to talk to you today. Every time I talk to you, it's a pure joy. And we cannot wait for Sinner's Isle to come out on October 31st. It's the best day ever for a book to get released, especially a YA fantasy. That's that's goals. Yes. Ready for it. Well, thank you. You guys are fantastic hosts. Oh, thank you, Angela. Stop it. Gosh, I'm blushing. Thank you so much. Take care. Good luck. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm going to need it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Well, that was a joy. Mm-hmm, it Angela was. Angela is a joy. Yes, she is. You said that she was sunshine in a person, and that's true. Proves to be true. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Before the Prologue. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a review. It really helps. And if you want some more behind-the-scenes content, follow us on Instagram at Before the Prologue Podcast. See you next time. <laughs>